Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life Podcast, number 81 in the series. Thank you for listening. I love doing these. Love talking to the guys that uh, are right below the guys that we read about every week and uh, talking about how they can get better, how their program is, and everything else. And also, thank you to FXR Racing for making this podcast happen. FXR Racing, designed by racers for racers. The guest today happens to wear FXR. We thank those guys for everything they do for the sport, for the privateers. Of course, the uh, Club MX guys uh, are wearing it right now, as well as a number of privateers out there. Uh, designed by racers for racers, as I said, PulpMX30 is the code to save at FXRRacing.com. Go there, check them out, check out the colors, check out the styles. Uh, PulpMX30 is the code to save at FXR Racing 2. And also, thank you, Racetech. Racetech Suspension and Engines. Really appreciate those guys as well. If you need your motor work done, if you need some suspension work done, Ben LeMay using Racetech Motors and Suspension, speaking of privateers, to uh, kill it each and every week in Supercross. Uh, Pulp19 is a code at Racetech.com. Go to the website, call down there, mention Pulp MX, mention uh, this privateer podcast, whatever it is, and they will hook you up and give you a hell of a deal. Thanks to the folks at Racetech um, for doing this. And also, Maxxis Tires, presented by Maxxis Tires and MXS T-Tires. We'll get into those as well with this guest. Uh, developed by the king, Jeremy McGrath. MXSTs are out now. Uh, please check them out at your local dealer. Grab them if you're looking at a high-end, high-performance tire, MXSTs, making Supercross mains this year. Uh, also to Namira Technologies. Namira's industry-leading top-end repair kits offer everything you need to rebuild your top-end at a price that will keep you riding every weekend, no matter the budget. From the professional shops to the privateer garages, Namira has you and your wallet covered. They offer a full line of cast and forged pistons for M- every MX application you can think of. Namura.com, N-A-M-U-R-A.com. Uh, please check those guys out as well. So with all that being said, let's get into our guest. Uh, he's been in studio before. Uh, we've had him on the phone before, and we play a small part in his program, which has been really cool to uh, watch from afar. It's the cat, AJ Catanzaro. What's up, man? How are you? What's going on, Steve? Thanks for having me. Thanks for doing this. You have a lot it. of the same sponsors. <laughs> I know, you're right? Rattling, you're, you're rattling off all my sponsors. I know, right? <laughs> uh, that yeah. It well, it, we have enough nowadays that we can cover a lot of riders. To be honest, so uh, it's good for us. It's a good problem to have. Um, all right, so let's dive into this thing. I guess first of all, um, made some mains this year. Haven't made as many as you probably wanted to. Um, you told me before the season when you stopped by here that you were going to switch things up a little bit with your preseason stuff and the way you prepared as opposed to the season before. Um, so how's it going? How's it going, Cap? Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's been the story of my career is I struggle to bring that intensity and and that consistency week in and week out. And two totally different AJs can show up is the problem. So um, you know, I've had a couple of good races where I've made the main and everything actually went pretty easy. The, the weekend in Detroit for the triple crown, I won the LCQ honestly, easily. And then I felt really good in the main event. Um, mm-hmm. and then the very next weekend, I'm just back on the struggle bus. So <laughs> right. it's just a matter of just being comfortable and I struggle to be comfortable. So this year before the season, um, obviously as a lot of, maybe you guys know, listening, I do the, I have my motor motocross Academy, so yeah. I'm extremely busy with that. I, I was booked all the way up until third week in December. So as far as seat time for myself and training for myself, that was put on the back burner. Um, for me, you know, my thought process going into it with that is it, it would take some of the pressure off of myself where mm-hmm. the previous year I was riding and training four days a week at my supercross track that I paid a ton of money to have, have built just for myself. And, 
you know, by the book, I did everything right. And right. honestly, that was one of the one of the worst seasons I've had, just because of the amount of pressure I put on myself. Mm-hmm. So this year, the results have been, you know, about the same, if not maybe a little better, um, without riding at all. And it's just kind of been going based off feel and being comfortable. And it's still just, you know, I wish I could unlock that feeling right. every weekend, but I, I, I can't. <laughs> I can't figure it out. Maybe one well, day. Well, you know, uh, I think we talked about you uh, on one of my shows after Detroit. Detroit was where you won the LCQ, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Like, so you get a start, and, dude, you just motor away from those guys. Like, And there's some good guys in there that are making main, a lot of mains. And Yeah, and that and, was a fast LCQ as well. Right, right. And so you just motor away from those guys, like a two or three or four second lead, no problem, and you win it and everything else. And then, you know, you you see that, and you're like, okay, well, he can do that more often. But it hasn't quite worked more often. But, but that was impressive. And you, if you're if you're you sitting there, you're like, okay, I can do this. I just, you know, it doesn't hasn't always happened. But uh, something like that happens, and you always, when I see something like that happen, I just go, oh yeah, like Cat's a good rider. He's got to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, oh yeah, like Cat. Oh yeah, right. Cat's really good. Right. Look at him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been the story of my career, you know. And I've had top five finishes in the lights class. The same thing. I, I, I cannot ride above that. I can't ride the edge. So yep. you know, it's either it's there on the day or it's not. And more <laughs> often than not, you know, it's not there. Is it? Um, is it, and on the, is it on injury? The days that it is. Is it injury? No. Do you mean like like oh, that, that, like fear of injury? Yeah, fear of injury or just you not a comfort level. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it, it's got to boil down to fear of injury, right? Because yeah. what else would I be afraid of? Mm-hmm. Um, True. Yeah, I mean, I, I I see a hypnotist, and he's kind of my therapist at the same time. So we're always talking about this and and why I feel this way, and it's tough to figure out, and it's it's frustrating, but at the same time, it's nice to knock on wood, not really be hurt that often. Mm-hmm. And there's there's guys out there that are hurt constantly, so that is nice. But at the same time. To be successful in the sport, you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah, like at a track like Daytona last weekend. Yeah, I struggled because guess what, Daytona, you're not going to be perfect. You have to be comfortable just kind of being a little out of control, and it's it's hard for me to find that that edge. Um, yeah, it is right. And then you have a guy like A Ray, who goes down multiple times in practice. He's all upset. About I envy him. It. But yeah, he he just is like, okay, cool. Yeah. And like I've seen him be out of qualifying spot late in the race and then he just goes balls out and that is the difference right i envy that and you know people might goof on the fact that he's sometimes out of control but i would never goof on that fact just because you know i would i would love to be that guy right i i do i do pride myself on being in control and and having really great technique but at the same time that doesn't get you the results that what gets you the results is being able to unlock that Mm -hmm. next level and to sometimes just go for it right um how many times you raced daytona a lot yeah um 2011 was my first First year year. okay so So, what we've seen some horrific tracks there and we've seen some good ones uh since 11 what'd you make of this year's I think the layout itself was awesome, mm-hmm. and I think there's a couple of things that would have made it more awesome. I think if they had bull turns, I don't know why they didn't have yeah, bull why? turns. Yeah, why? Turn was I heard, flat and I heard that from other people, too. What do you think the reasoning was? Jumping into know. the other lane? Like yeah. Yeah. Well, no. No, right? Because the only thing you would have jumped into is, like, the grass. True. Yeah. So it's not like there was fans at the end of those corners. 
where that's sometimes an issue where they would just put up the nets. Um, I don't know. And that was a little frustrating because it could have made for such a good passing opportunity type of track in those flat turns where you just had the one rut. Mm -hmm. It sort of would funnel everybody back in. But as far as having the long straightaways with the 180 bull turns, uh, or sorry, if they were bull turns, but at least having 180s, um, I think that's cool. I think it's much better than a couple of years past where there was a ton of chicanes and stupid stuff like that where everyone just, you know, it's kind of like a go trail. Everyone follows each other. Yeah. It's, yeah. um, is it a, is it kind of neat as a racer to race Daytona? Like, it, or is the, is the shine worn off for a guy like you or like, is it cool to, to do it or the whole time are you just like, you know, fuck my life. I don't, I hate this. I hate this place. Uh, <laughs> no, I think it's cool. I mean, every time you drive through the tunnel and you pop out and you're in the middle of the speedway, like yeah. you just remember okay. like, yeah. whoa, this is, I mean, I'm pretty good at having an appreciation for that stuff and not becoming jaded to it. Right. At the same time, though, like there, there's certainly, especially last weekend, times where I'm out there and I'm like, I'm hating life. I mean, in time qualify, <laughs> I qualified 40th. Oh, did you really? So, did you really? I, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, I wasn't feeling good. Um, and yeah, I was out there just having a, a tough time. Yeah. Um, so uh, what's been the consensus, okay. consensus on the track? Um, have, you, have you spoken to other guys? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we, as I mentioned, we saw some horrific tracks there the last, like not last year, but the two or three years before that, right? Just so many turns and n- nobody could do anything. And so mm-hmm. the last couple of years have been good. Guys told me they really enjoyed the track. It was pretty good, except for that, you know, that long straight, they thought it was that quad and everything else was sketchy and that lighting wasn't very good. Right. So Fun track, but a little sketchy moments. Yeah. You know, yeah. You're always yeah. going to have that at Daytona, too. Right. And there was, a, I mean, there's a couple sections as well where I thought it could have been maybe more technical just to slow it down a bit. Mm-hmm. Like, the whoops were so small that they weren't even really whoops after the first practice. Um, but then there was other things that were were massive and where they cut down the lips so you couldn't jump into that rhythm that Forkner was going 3-4-4 four, four yep. on press day. Right. When they when they cut down the lip, they kind of backfired on them because I think the rhythm everyone ended up doing yeah. was bigger than what the original one was. And you know what, Chad was sitting. I was talking to Chad after riders meeting when they were mowing that first one down. He's like, "This is dumb. This is going to do anything. We're just still going to quad. We're just not quadding in or tripling in." You know, so right. And if anything, yeah. it makes it more dangerous because look at how Plessinger crashed. Right. What happens is now you're you're bombing into this single triple, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. and a, a jump like that is is far more dangerous and you could hit it with more speed than you would where threeing in, you'd have to kind of check up and time the triple in Mm -hmm. Um, for that. As guys got more comfortable, they were just, they were hitting it fast. And it was funny as Forkner jumped it. He was the first one to do it in free practice in the 250, only 250 to do it in that free practice. And as soon as he did, I was standing next to Baggett and, Reed pops over our shoulders and he goes, "Damn kid!" Because I didn't want to jump that. Now I have to jump it. Yeah, yeah. It was it was it was gnarly. So, um, so overall, uh, yeah, season's going not perfect for you, but same as last year, and not as much with with, with not as much prep. It's interesting. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm healthy. Yeah. So, so there's that, and I have a good pe- group of people around me. So yeah. I'm having fun. I'm having fun. I'm right there. It's not like I'm. Yeah. It's not like well, I don't stand a chance of making the main. It's like any weekend, if I get a start and unlock that potential, I'll, I'll be there. You know, Kat, you're fourth in the uh, Yamaha Privateer LCQ challenge thing that we're doing. I've been, I've been keeping an eye on it, and I had to, <laughs> I had to call you out for you your, did. your 
You're miscalculating the points well, at the beginning of the season. It, it was my uh, my helper, SwizzCore. It was kind of my fault, though. But I was like, hey, I got a text that were the points are wrong, and he's like, don't, and they are. So we've been, we've been good <laughs> since then. So um, yeah, it's it's one of those things. Like it's it'll be a good it'll be a good chunk of change change, but. You know, you want to get points, you want to get the main event, there's more money, everything else in the main event. So it'll be interesting, right. AJ, as we get down to the end, what some of you guys are doing. So, <laughs> Right, but it's awesome of you for, for doing that, and it's a great idea. But let, like, let's put it into perspective. So I won't say where I'm getting this money from necessarily, okay. but I, I'm sure there's a lot of people that will want to know this. Um, as a privateer, we make the night show, we get, what, 1000 bucks. Um, are very uh, close to it. I thought it was more. No, it's fortieth. Is this? Yeah. Okay. It might be eleven hundred. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's right around a thousand. Mm-hmm. But it's it's really not much. Yeah. If I make a main event, and ev- this is where everyone making is making different different amounts. There's some guys that maybe are getting paid a little small salary, mm-hmm. and yet if they make a main event, they're not getting anything. For me, everything is structured to make a main event, and then on top of that, I have a bunch of LCQ win bonuses. Um, so if I, you know, if I make a main event, like in Detroit, I won the LCQ and not only that, but I, it was a triple crown round where for making the main event and triple crown, all my bonuses are amplified even more. Oh, sweet. Okay. So f- for making that one race, you know, I'm, I'm right in between the seven to $10,000 range, mm-hmm. um, which for a privateer is great. It's great. Yep. So like when, when, when people ask, um, and I've been getting asked this a lot of, as far as like people throwing a race. Or to 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 win the um, the money yep. your deal yep it for somebody like me I don't think it'd be worth it although I will say like you, the pot's at twenty thousand dollars so twenty two now eighty percent of that yeah eighty percent of twenty two thousand dollars my my math isn't it's, very good but you're talking that's over fifteen thousand yeah it's gonna be so. sixteen grand or something ish I'm not very good at math either but I think so um so yeah sixteen grand and uh, well, Ryan Villapoto donated a thousand bucks so good for him. Oh, did he? That's awesome. But um, uh, that's yeah. great. I mean, shoot, yeah, I want to win that. Right. But at the same time, if I'm in fourth in LCQ, I'm okay. taking fourth in that LCQ. Yeah. No. Here, <laughs> here's a couple things about that. First of all, uh, they added two more guys to the main events a few years back, which is cool. Good job. I I, I think that's a good thing that, that they did. But they 21st and 22nd barely pay more than fifth in the LCQ. That's ridiculous. Like you, you need yeah, to get twenty. Then that's crazy. It's crazy that they right. would do that. They're just like, oh, um, we're gonna give you guys these two spots, but you know what? We're not gonna really pay the two spots. You know, we're just gonna pay it like an LCQ because people need to understand twentieth is I think two grand or twenty one hundred, and twenty first is sixteen hundred. It's like a five hundred dollar jump or drop there for right. no reason, no real reason because you're in the main, you're doing the same amount of time. So, um. Props to them for. I didn't adding, really think about that. Yes, pro, yeah, absolutely. So props to them for doing the extra two guys in the main event, but pay it like they should pay it. You know, um, so that's one thing. Another thing is, is how do you feel as a privateer, and, and you truly are a privateer? How do you feel about you know nobody knowing what a privateer is anymore? And that's why I just did fifth on back in the LCQ for this challenge. Now I've been getting. Some heat on. Oh, yeah, and I see you catching flack just for yeah, you know. because Entignap and 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 it has arrived with Hep Motorsports, right now. Right. I because I, I don't know who a privateer is anymore, and honestly, there's there's probably only about ten guys that are truly privateers, like Nagy, like yourself, um, like uh, a Greco. These guys that that do the whole series as true privateers. You agree? Yeah, but what's a true private? I mean, a true privateer yeah. to me would be would be you get no somebody get, driving to the race. Yeah, you have no team. 
You have no team per se. You have no semi truck. You don't have Suzuki support like the Hep guy. Like well, I'm not saying it. Like I'm fine with the way I'm, we're doing it. But I just want to know where you stood on it. Yeah, that's a that's a tough question. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you know, there's levels to it. Absolutely. I mean, you, you have a guy like Nagy and like Greco that are. Well, I can't speak for Nagy because I don't know his situation. But a guy like Greco that is living out of a van or his little fun mover, and he's he's driving to every race. Mm-hmm. Um, he's paying for absolutely everything as far as I'm concerned, might get a couple things for free. Um, it, he's pretty much in the negative. Yeah, all yeah. Greco, Greco is true privateer, 100%. You're right. Yeah. Then, you you know, you might have the next step up from that, like the TXS guys. Maybe they fly into a race here and there. Maybe they're with the rig for, for yeah. half of them. Yeah. Um, they're doing a lot of the stuff themselves. Um then maybe you have a guy like me who... Yeah, like I, I think the TXS guys pay for their own expenses, their flights. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, and a guy like me, I think it's more so just a lot of... I mean, this year, you've helped me out a lot with the Maxis deal and the Vortex deal. The Vortex deal, having that Sprinter van has been huge. Um, but also being creative with my marketing and, and raising money the way that I do. Mm-hmm. I have the funding so that I can, you know, fly to races, yeah, stay yeah. in in not crappy hotels yeah. and be able to afford to do these things without it coming out of my pocket, which is awesome. Yep. And then you, on the next level above that, you have guys like Entic Knapp or yep. a Chisholm or yeah, I think, uh, you know, a LeMay, who I would assume are paying for nothing. And Yeah, they, they don't have any expenses, but no salaries, right? Just contingency and, and everything. Oh, Chisholm might get a salary, but I don't think A-Ray or, or Entic Knapp does. So... Yeah, that's the next level yeah, up. Yeah, so right? there's levels. To yeah, it. I know, I know. That's there's, why. There's, that's that's why I just did the LCQ challenge. I was like, screw it. If you don't make the main, you know, we're gonna try to help you out. <laughs> go to, go from there, right? So yeah, no, I think that's a great uh, idea. That's uh, cool. yeah. But there's there's levels to the factory game as well. I was laughing about this the other weekend okay. because somebody was asking me about why riders have motorhomes or these rigs. I'm like, well, yeah, good question. I don't know. Maybe it's a tax write off. But these guys, like, the dream is to get into a semi. So you could be in this glamorous semi, uh-huh. but then you have the level of a guy like a Roxon or a Tomac that now they don't know they're they're no longer, you know, they're too good for the semi. <laughs> now they want to get out of the semi, and yeah. now they want to stay in their nice Prevost or whatever they have. Right, right. Um, so there's just different levels to. Yeah, absolutely. No, funny. for sure, it, it is funny. Um, hey, so Chris Kiefer did a story this week uh, on PulpMex.com for the OEM contingencies, and dude, Cowie kills it. So they do a good job yeah, with Tennessee. Yeah. Is that is that something that you were cognizant of a couple of years ago whenever you switched to Cowies? Yeah, it was because it was even better two years ago. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they paid five hundred to make the night show and then an additional five to make the main. Where right now it's three hundred to make the night show and then five hundred to make the main after that, which is great, especially compared to other oh, yeah. manufacturers. Yep. Um but last year I know they caused a big stink when I think they announced their contingency program like the weekend of A1, and when they announced it, they said they had dropped the night show uh, contingency. So now it was only money to make the main event. So I know riders like myself and Bubba Pauly were, and a couple others were talking about yeah. it. The, you know, that's a lot of money when you factor in 17 well, races in a series. So they brought it back this year. And now they brought it back because I think they got a lot of well, flack for kind of getting rid of it. The reason Kiefer did the story, and it's March, was because he told me not all the OEMs released their contingency. And I'm like, how is that even 
possible. Yeah, that's how is that even? Up too. How is it even? You're coming up to Anaheim. The privateers want to see. They want to know what kind of bike. To, I don't understand that part. I just I was blown away by that. Yeah, th- <laughs> this year Cowie announced it early, mm-hmm. I believe. Yep. Because I was keeping an eye on it, and mm-hmm. that was kind of my. I want to be in the Cowie. I love the Cowie, especially the 19 450. Mm-hmm. But that that plays a big factor. You know, if they had gotten rid of their contingency altogether, I'm sure I would have went elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how's the FXR deal working out? Good. FXR is great. Andy, everyone there dealing with Kate on the weekends. Oh boy, it's funny. That's the worst part um, of the whole thing. <laughs> that's the worst part. Yeah. yeah. But uh, <laughs> I love it. I mean, I think it looks good. Yeah. It fits super well. They take great care of me. Um, so. I certainly don't want to go anywhere anytime soon. So, so it's a cool company. And one of the guys that also supports this, as we mentioned, Maxis supports the podcast. So they've been involved with me. They got involved with me last year. Chris down there, uh, you know, really, really, they, they got this new tires out and they wanted to market it. And we kicked around a lot of ideas and thought about a privateer. And, and I thought about you just, uh, you know, you, you make main events. You're well-spoken. You're a good guy. You have a bit of a fan base. I thought it would work out. So, you know, I was actually surprised though, AJ. Like, you were like, I'm like, hey, I gotta try to sell these Maxxis tires to to somebody and try them out and make sure they're good. And you were very much like, yeah, sounds cool. Like, I'm good. I'm I'm in. And so I was I was stoked that you weren't like, oh, I need to back to back them with any, with Dunlops, and I need to see if I can get race stuff and and everything else. I mean, these the Maxxis guys know how to make a tire, and they develop. This one is significantly better than their other ones that they've had. Uh, like I said, McGrath working mm-hmm. with it, but you were all in, so. How do you like it? How's it been going? Right. Well, listen, at first, the decision was primarily made on the fact that I was riding on slicks <laughs> because I was paying for tires. So I'm riding tires that are months and months old that are just falling apart. So my thought process was, you know, this was before I knew what the product was like. Yeah. I thought that having a new tire would be better than having these <laughs> old beats right. of crap tires. Right. <laughs> but now that I, now that I have them, um, they're darn awesome, and my whole shots have been much better than in the past. I don't. I'm. I'm sure that has some type of correlation. Um, these things are seriously good, and they're they're seriously underrated at the moment. Um, I know they're they're going to push pretty hard in the in the motocross market the next couple of years. So mm-hmm. hopefully that works for him. Chris at Maxis is a freaking awesome dude. I mean, he's got his foot in everything. Yeah. And he's super creative with what he does. And I think it was smart of, and I'm pretty sure it was his decision to do so. You know, of course, this might be a biased decision because I am a privateer. But as far as bang for your buck, Mm -hmm. a guy like me that, you know, you're going to get a lot more. I'm going to push it a heck of a lot more than if you paid $20,000 to get a little sticker on the side of a semi. Yeah. I just think your your dollar goes a lot more with, with somebody like me, even though the results may not always be there. Right. I, I'm going to be extremely loyal to a company that's been as awesome as they have the past few months. Mm-hmm. Like, all I want to do is push that Max's tire on people because of how awesome they've been and how good the product has been for me so far. So you don't have service, though. How's that been for you or your, or your guy helping you? How's that been, not having the tires service at the races? Uh. That's been a little tricky. Um, <laughs> yeah, that that has been definitely a little tricky because I certainly can't change a tire. So, yeah, I've just had to flip people some money here and there yeah, to, yeah. to change them for me, right. and then just hope that they didn't pinch my tubes. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly right. That's 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 the drawback to it. But how's the performance? How do you like it? You haven't been using a one twenty, right? You've been one ten. No, I just I just went to a one twenty okay. this weekend. So All that, right. and people. 
people freak when I tell them I'm on a 110 on the 450, but yeah. I tell you what. It, oh, some guys do it. I, yeah, some guys do it. I was loving it, and I ran it the first nine rounds. I think Daytona was the 10th round. Mm-hmm. Ran it the first nine rounds, uh, the 110. My starts were great, my stability in the whoops, which that would probably, when I think when I think going to a more narrow tire, that would be the first place I think of would be whoops. Yep. Uh, my stability in the whoops was great. Obviously, it's going to turn well. It's it's glued to the ruts really nice. They were concerned with me getting on the front tire at first. Mm-hmm. Um, and the front tire is awesome. I mean, I haven't had a single issue with it. I, again, you're talking to a guy that, you know, I wasn't. I haven't tried the best of the best, and yeah, um, and I was riding on junk tires. But at the same time, when I go to the races, I was buying, I was buying Dunlop tires at the time. Uh-huh. So I'd have fresh tires on my bike at the races, at least. Yeah. Yep. Um, I was just practicing on junk. So right. They're, yeah. I mean, for anyone that wants to try something a little different, I'm telling you right now, the, yeah. the Maxis is, it's the it's the real deal. You know, you were uh, real deal. You were the first guy to make a main event with Maxis since myself and Nick Way in O2. So oh, O2. O2. The last time? O2, yeah. I'm pretty sure. I have to ask Chris for sure, but uh, O2, we had Maxis tires. And, uh, and guys, that tire's come along. Oh, right? yeah. No, no, no. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me on that. It has. Kiefer, Kiefer reviewed the MXSTs, and he, and he had good things to say, for sure. So I'm glad that's working out for you, um, and it's, it's good to see. So. Also, too. Yeah, thank you again uh, for that. Yeah, no worries. Uh, Vortex, another sponsor of the Pulp Mech Show, uh, Bars and Sprockets. Um, they were they wanted to promote their brand. They wanted to promote a privateer, and I put them in touch with you. And how's that deal working out? That was another one that worked out perfect. So thank you again for that one. Yeah. Um, yeah so the guys at Vortex EK, um, I spoke to Matt and Jake there, and yep. Matt wanted to buy a brand new Sprinter van and wrap it, and then get it to the races. So. It it really worked out perfect because I needed bike transport. Um, I was able to. Uh, Mike from Moto Tape is driving the van for me, so I have a driver. Mm-hmm. I mean, it all it all worked out perfect, and the van's beautiful. It's brand new, so it has no issues. It's not like we're driving yeah. something with a couple hundred thousand miles that we're worried about getting from race to race. Yeah, pretty so. cool. Pretty cool. Those guys to do it. I was I was stoked that they stepped up with something we've been talking about for a while too. And you know, I was like, yeah, man, like you know, it'll be really cool to do that. So I'm glad they're doing it. It's working out. Yeah. And again, for a company like that, it, for mm-hmm. bang for your buck, I mean, they they pay fuel to get that thing to the races and it's a driving billboard. And then I'm doing the weekly vlog videos that are presented by Vortex. So that's more promo for them. They mm-hmm. have, they have a presence in the pits every weekend um, without one of their employees actually having to drive the van out there. So yeah, it, it works out for everybody, so how many, it was perfect. How many other privateers are crawling up to your off of the island to try to get tires and bars and sprockets from you, Cat? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, like I said before, that there, there's the levels of it, but yeah. at the same time, you know, I, I'm in that van, and I, I might have just for the the purpose of of making sure there's room for everything. We it's not like we have that thing loaded with yeah. twenty sprockets and twenty chains and right. twenty sets of bars. We, we have like one or two extra. So when people come up asking I'm like, oh man, I feel bad, but <laughs> yeah. I literally have nothing to give you guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm really sorry, privateer islanders. <laughs> um, AJ Canzar on the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life Podcast. This is number eighty one. You mentioned your vlog. 
I have a. Uh, I also have a um, a note here to talk about your podcast a little bit. You've been doing some out outreach stuff for privateers a little different than again than other guys, and um, you know another podcast out there is always a good thing. How's that been? What's been your experience with it, with the vlog and the podcast, and and how much have you enjoyed it, uh, and how much is it uh, a pain in the ass sometimes? Uh, good question. So the vlog is a big old pain in my butt. <laughs> um, not only am I super uncomfortable, like holding the camera towards me all the time. Uh, I'm I'm really good with interviews. I'm good when somebody else is holding the camera, but when right. it's me like filming myself, I feel really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I tell you what, trying to edit a vlog and to go through all that footage on Sunday after the race, it's the last thing I want to do. So what I did is now I film everything and then I send the files to my brother and I, I pay my brother to edit it because after week one, after Anaheim, <laughs> I gave up on that. It was just way too much. It's hard. Yeah, you got to uh, do- really know what you're doing. If you watch someone edit – um, a, a vlog using uh, you know Adobe uh, Premiere or whatever it's called for the video stuff. It's a work of art. It's really uh, it's really cool to see. But if you don't know what you're doing, yeah, struggles. Yeah, I'm not a techie guy, so I had no idea what I was doing. Um, but it, it, fans appreciate it, and it it even if you know I, I know Tyler Antiknap is doing it. It's cool to see, and I even watched his, you know, and a lot of it's similar. But then there's a lot of it that's that's different. Everyone has their story on the weekend. Um, the podcast I, I absolutely love, and I could sit and yap all day long. My co-host, um, Bryce Renkowitz, we renamed it last week to Behind the Gate Podcast mm-hmm. because it was, and it still is going to be all-encompassing, and it's not just going to be a moto podcast, but obviously we found ourselves being very moto-specific a lot of the time. Um, but I tell you what, even for the podcast, from a technical standpoint, pain in my butt. <laughs> and thank God I have Bryce because I would have not have been able to figure this out as far as even right now. I mean, we're recording on a phone call, right. which uh, we don't do that. We record through an app called Ringer, mm-hmm. which has all sorts of issues. Um, <laughs> and the reason we do it is just because the audio inputs or the outputs, I don't know which one, um, are so good and they're crisp. Yep. But the app drops all the time. If you get a phone call when you're on the app, it wipes out everything you have. It's just like <laughs> you gotta figure this thing out, man. It's a nightmare. But as far as being on the on the phone and and being able to talk to these guys, last week we had Daniel Blair. The week before we had Alex Martin and mm-hmm. Kyle Chisholm. And I think from a racer's perspective, um, it's different than what you offer. So when people say like we're in competition with each other, I don't think that's necessarily true because you what you offer is cool and unique in itself. And then from my podcast is more so like the writer's perspective. For example, the conversation between Kyle Chisholm and myself was talking about what we're feeling when we're on the line. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was kind of expressing with him how I feel like I'm going to poop my pants when I'm on the line. And I'm just the most, for example, this is right after Detroit Supercross. I said I was on the line of that LCQ, which I hole-shotted, telling myself that there was no way I was going to qualify, and that I was freaking out. you you got to talk to your hypnotist a little better. (laughs) Hey, cat. (laughs) You can't be sitting on the line and think of that. (laughs) Right. I know. But uh, maybe maybe there's people out there that – and Kyle admitted that he has those thoughts go through his head, but he also has the positive thoughts. Yeah, and right. if, if it was a percentage that he had, you know, 75% of those thoughts are positive and maybe he's got 25% negative sneaking in. Right. Where, for, where me, I might have, you know, 65% negative and, <laughs> and then the rest positive. Right. But, yeah, it's just different. And, yeah. and the podcast, it's fun. 
I mean, you can speak for you've been doing it for how long have you been doing it for? Uh, twelve years. Holy smokes! Eleven years, eleven or twelve years. I started. I started in oh seven or oh eight or something, right around there. So, yeah. Stupid question. Were you, were you the first Moto podcast? Uh yeah, I think so. Well, the DMXS guys were doing a live show and then putting it up as a podcast. So. Depending on what you mean by that, like cause some people are like, oh, it's a live show. It's not a podcast. And podcasts are traditionally, by definition, not live and recorded conversations. So it really depends. But DMXS guys were the first guys to have like something up on iTunes. And then after that, uh, I think I was the first guy to do like long one-on-one interviews. That's how I started. I didn't start with the Pulp Show. I started just like me and you getting on the phone and rapping about your career for like an hour. So Right. Um, and, I, and I like it too because I, I – Wrote for Racer X a little bit last year, mm-hmm. which <coughs> I'm sorry, which is cool. Yep, and I enjoy the end product, but at the same time, I hate writing, and it's so time consuming to sit there and just, you know, I only made it to ninth grade in public high school, so not that I'm not smart, but at the same time, I'm looking at this word and like, wait a second, there's no way that's spelled right, and right, right. Is, is this grammatically correct? And it's it's so much, you know. For me, it's more fulfilling to just sit here and to just be able to have a conversation on the phone with somebody. Right. And better yet, hopefully we can get this podcast to the point where we can afford a, a studio or do something right. like kind of how you have it set up. I think that's awesome. Yeah, exactly. It's been a long road, though. Like people, I think people right. want to start these podcasts, and I'm not specifically signaling out you or anything, but people want to start these podcasts. They look at what I have, and they're like, I want to start a podcast because I want to have that. Well, guess what? It's been 11 years of work to get this, right, and to get sponsors right. and to build a base, and, and I have over $12,000 worth of equipment, and that's all in 11 years. So I think some people see the success we're having with my stuff, and I'm not saying this specifically to you, just other people, and they're like, I want that. Well, it's, it's not that yep. easy. It's, you've got to work at it. So, no, you know. right. For people listening, I'm certainly in a stage now where I'm spending money every month to do this podcast, yeah. obviously. We're in the, we're in the early stages Right now, my mentality behind it is, one, I enjoy doing it, mm-hmm. um, and two, for my sponsors and for everyone that's around me, it, it's, it's another outlet that I can kind of, you know, get everything out there. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a win-win, and then down the road, of course, the goal would be to, you know, make a little bit of an income from it if possible. But for right now, I just I enjoy doing it. Let me make some income right now. FXR Racing, Race Tech Suspension, Privateer Island Life Podcast with AJ Catanzaro, number 81. Thanks to Maxis, MXST, the official tire of AJ Catanzaro, and Namira Technologies, uh, N-A-M-U-R-A dot com. Namira uh, Technologies, fully seen seat and hard anodized pistons uh, with rolled on coated skirts. Uh, we're going to give away, we're going to give away with Namira pistons as well. So stay tuned to my social channels for that. Hey, so uh, Kat, you were one of the guys on the Somehow, Bowers put me on the group text uh, after the Limegate episode. <laughs> I, I don't oh, know. Man. I don't know why he did, but I was in that group text, and you were certainly in it as well. And yep. and you've been been vocal. You met. You've been going to the meetings. I don't know if you've still been going, but I know you went to a few. How's that yep. going? The Saturday morning Feld slash Rider uh, meetings conferences. How's that been going? Yeah, it's it's wild. It's it's definitely interesting. And you know, on my end. I felt a little bit out of place. So let's let's back up. I yeah. think when it first started, I was supposed to have Tyler on my podcast that week. So okay. this was the week following San Diego. After San Diego. And yep. then literally that night, shit hit the fan. <laughs> and 
now we're texting back and forth and he's saying that this is happening and all of a sudden he's like, yeah, I'm getting rumors that people are getting offered 5K. And then he disappeared for 10 minutes and he goes, yep, just got off the phone with Feld. I can confirm that they offered me 5K. Uh, I told him to keep it. And and then that turned into to the group text, which to me is hilarious that I'm in a group chat with pretty much every rider I've ever looked up to in my life. But <laughs> it's it's just really funny. And those guys are joking around. Wow, uh, my somebody favorite. named it something that maybe I shouldn't yeah, say. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Don't say it. But uh, <laughs> I uh, I thought it was Chad. Chad, of course. I know Chad read well, and, and his comments were hilarious yep. the whole time. I was just like, yep, this is the 22 right here. So Yeah. Yeah, so at the meetings themselves, uh-huh. I, I didn't go in there thinking I was going to say even a single word. I just wanted to go show my face and show my support. And next thing you know, I find myself talking and talking a lot. And I'm like, in the middle of my sentence, I'm looking around. Okay, there, there's Roger DeCoster. <laughs> there's Chad Reed. There, okay, there's Cooper Webb. Everyone's just staring at me, kind of nodding their heads. Um, so that was a little weird. But I think I did well. I mean, I had a lot of things on my mind and I think I was able to express what a lot of riders were thinking and maybe they just couldn't vocalize or, or articulate the way that they wanted to. Yep. Um, so I think that worked out well. And then after the first couple meetings, Tyler kind of anointed me as, as one of the speakers for the privateers. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's a good thing. And I certainly think we've already seen a bit of a difference from it as far as, we would go out on the track after track changes that we didn't know happened, and they would just send us out there. Yeah. Um, which, and something which, like that, I don't think people realize would actually happen, but what, it did. Well, what I don't understand is, like, it took it took this meeting for them to realize that's a right. bad idea? Like, what? I, I've been ranting and raving Bizarre. about it for years. and Or modifying Bizarre. the track in between qualifying practices, where, where it makes a, a drastic difference in times. Like, what? How is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> It's stuff that seems like it's so far out of left field or so like so obviously wrong that yes. you would, from the outside looking in, never think that it would be happening. But it, the, the sad part is, is yeah. it was. Yeah. And, yeah, silly thing, it just took for this meeting for us to vocalize our opinions on it and say that this has to be done. And next thing you know, that weekend or the, the very next weekend, there's track changes being made, and they would come over, make us shut our bikes off, and tell us exactly mm-hmm. where it was and 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 all that so which is good but i will say um where it was atlanta there was the triple triple before the whoops which was kind of hairy all day uh i I didn't didn't go to atlanta but yeah i remember seeing it oh you didn't yeah i didn't know yes so the landing of the second three actually no that whole section was was kind of jacked all day but they kept altering it and then right before our 450 lcq they cut down the the third one. Okay. So so when you tripled in, you would land, and they cut that one down so that when you three in, you just have a smoother transition, and that if you case it, it's not the end of the world. And But when he came over on the line and had to shut our bikes off, he told us that the last three in the section was the one that was cut down. So, and I even made a joke. Like, he he keeps on walking. I look at my mechanic, and I go, oh, good thing that doesn't affect me since I'm just doubling all the way through this section anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough... Like, I went to go double-double on the first lap, and my takeoff is now the landing, landing. that they've cut down. Oh. And I can't even go double-double, so I launch into the face of the next one, and now I end up skimming all the way through the section. I'm right. like, well, 
Gallagher definitely just told me the wrong jump. But yeah, wow, well, yeah, it's a thought that counts. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm I'm glad they're doing something. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it, they needed it, and if, if if you guys can keep up the discussion, and everything else, uh, you know, it, it's it's a good thing. Absolutely. Did now? Did you take the five k? No, no, no. I'm not dumb. Okay, so. You're going to uh, invoice them? No uh, offense to anybody that did. Yeah, yeah. I know some guys that did. Um, you're going to take the uh, – I know a guy on a team that took the 5K and was like, yeah, I don't – my team's got to fix it. I don't give a shit. I'm taking the 5K. I'm like, okay. Right. Um, yeah, so that makes sense. Right. But um, you're going to invoice them then and on what on what the damage is when you finally get, 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 get it all figured out? Yeah, I'm not going to invoice them. I don't think that Feld's um, – I don't think it's their business to see a specific invoice. I, I will tell you that we have made an invoice, so I know what my number is. Okay. Um, and and Feld, I Feld will get an email with a number. Mm-hmm. I don't think that I'm going to be specific. Right. Um, what it was I don't think that they need yeah. to know that. Right. right. They right. asked us for that, but ultimately, I don't think they need to see that. Do you think they will pay it? Are you getting positive sort of vibes that they will pay it, mm. or is this going to be a battle? I don't. I don't think they'll have a choice. To be honest with you, I mean, yeah, I think people underestimate the the seriousness of this whole matter. Yeah. But yeah. The position that I'm in right now, at mm-hmm. the moment, I don't want to speak too much on it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no. I, yeah, no. I think it's a serious <laughs> issue. <laughs> I, I think it's serious. So, um, I, let, so we'll see. Okay. So. Uh, your schools, you mentioned those. Uh, you've had many top guys work with you on them. We, we, we talked about it when you were here in the fall. Um, are those all set again for the summer? Is that your plan for the summer income? Yeah, just hired Weston Pike for the first one in April 25th, which is the Thursday before um, MetLife. So I hired him for one of those. Him and I were talking. We wanted to do a couple in California just so they could be local to him. Mm-hmm. What's cool is is these things have turned into when riders get hurt, they almost know to reach out to me now, <laughs> which I find hysterical, yeah. but it's great. It yeah. works. It works well for me. It's obviously a source of income for them. Yeah, I talked to um, a writer. I talked to a guy that did your school that got hurt, did your school, and was stoked on it. Stoked on the money he made. Stoked on how much fun right. it was, and he was just like, "Yeah, it was great." I'm like, "Oh, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad to hear." Yeah, I mean, you know, for for a day's work, I'm paying these guys great money, mm-hmm. and I even I sent in the group chat to uh, this Feld group chat, whatever you want to call it. Yep. Um, I was looking for a rider, and I said, uh, I promise I pay better than Feld. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I ended the message. And I, sure enough, outside of the group chat, I got a bunch of guys reaching out to yeah. me individually wanting to do them. So yeah. I, I think it's awesome. Um, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I, I think I do a really good job of it, and I've been doing it for a long time. It's definitely a learned skill. I think just because you know how to ride a dirt bike and how to twist the throttle does not mean that that – no. transfers over to being able to know how to teach somebody because it is it is mm-hmm. very difficult to do. Yeah, absolutely. But, oh, I'm glad it's been working out. Yeah, it's really good. Where can people find out more about it? Yeah, so you guys can go to ajcatandzero.com, which you cannot do right now because oh. it is completely under construction. Okay. But right. I would say go, go, go on there in about three or four days. It's been under construction for about a month. Um, or you could go on AJ Cat and Zero Moto X Academy Instagram. You can go on my personal Instagram, which mm-hmm. is just AJ Cat and Zero. I'm always posting and updating. So cool. Yeah, if you guys want to attend a school, we'll, we'll pretty much be all over the country. I've done a bunch in Australia. I've been to Dubai. was in Ecuador. been traveling. Yeah, with the, pretty much anywhere uh, I want to go go on vacation. I just you told the story there. on the last podcast. The guy had tigers, 
in Dubai or something? Or what was it? What was the story in Dubai? The guy, or was I just making a joke about that? I don't remember. Um, yeah, was, uh, I don't know. Did we talk about Dubai? We did. Yeah, we did. It was a cool know. story. You gave us a cool story about it. Um, oh, I can't remember. I've hit my head too many times. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, where are you based out of during the week? And have you stayed back with your guy at all to uh, to practice? Or, or is it every single week you're flying? Yeah, every week I'm back going back to Washington, D.C., okay. um, where I live. So, yeah, that there's definitely a couple weeks there at the beginning of the season where I, I had availability, and I, I certainly should have made it a point to stay out in California. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. And right now I'm, I'm back into the swing of – of being full-time doing all this other stuff. Right. Um, it's tough. I mean, it's, it's hard to balance being a racer and yeah. essentially being a team manager and running the Academy and doing the podcast and right. doing these videos. And I, I have a million different things going on. I wouldn't have it any other way. I enjoy it, but um, yeah. it's, it spreads you thin. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Right. I mean, you think about a guy that just has to wake up in the morning and go to Elsinore or milestone and pound out motos and then go on a bicycle ride. And that's it. That's the end of the day. Right, <laughs> which right. is which is great and all, but at the same time, you know, I've done that. Right. I lived at Club MX. I lived at MCF. I uh-huh. lived at GPF. I've I've been at these facilities and done the grind. And mm-hmm. certainly, there's no other way to be at the top. Um, that's what you got to do. Yeah. But yeah. when you when you do that, it's a job, and I started to hate it. I think as far as my longevity in the sport, uh, what I'm doing now. Maybe mm-hmm. not to this extreme, but uh, certainly an in-between of the two. Uh-huh. I, I, I want to be able to ride and race as long as I can, and I think that's going to be the way to do it. That's why you see guys retiring when they're 26, 27 years old mm-hmm. is because they're on that all in the baker program, yeah. grinding away, and, and you can't you can only sustain that for so long, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think you're right. So um, is it cool at the races? Do you, you got fans coming up to you? Uh, people that follow you and everything else. I mean, they find your van and they find the Vortex van in the back and everything. Yeah, this year especially, uh, which I think is awesome. And there's been a couple races where you push your bike out of the pits and the fans will kind of like align the side of the pits, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. as you're exiting. Yeah. And I got people yelling, hey, AJ, 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 which right. a year ago even, that would have never happened. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, good. <laughs> so yeah. It, it's it's kind of cool to I guess maybe social media has helped everything that I'm doing has has, has helped. So it's cool the, right. the recognition that we get as privateers. I know Seven Deuce Deuce. There's there's definitely a bunch of other guys out there oh, that are sure. getting that and then some as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. In in this sort of uh, there's the social media sucks for many things. On on some levels, it's not good. On other levels, it allows uh, everyone to kind of have their own fan base and let people know what they're doing. You know, and let people get attached and see your life and everything else. So. For guys like Seven Deuce Deuce and A-Ray and Nicoletti and these dudes like that, it's, it's definitely helped. Um, are you going to right. Seattle? Are you going to see? Are you driving? Yeah. Yeah? He's dri- your guy's yeah, driving? That van's going to every race. So. Oh, shit. Yeah, okay. Long, right. It's easy for me. Well, yeah, yeah you're that fine. flight sucks. Right. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I'll be there. Let's hope it doesn't rain. I don't think my bike can handle another <laughs> mud race. It's going to rain, Cat. <laughs> it's going to rain. We know that. <laughs> yeah, man. When is Seattle? It's not uh, this it's two, weekend, but next. Yeah, two weeks. Yeah, Indianapolis this weekend, and then uh, and then Seattle. Did you? Holy smokes! Do you follow Brayton on Instagram? No, but oh. I see a lot of his stuff. Uh, because even Brayton, who is one of the nicest guys around and doesn't say a lot, was like, he put he put the the map of Indy track on his Instagram and said, "Why is there a, a one eighty sand turn? These never work." 
this weekend in Indianapolis. <laughs> so, yeah. oh no way! Yeah, it's kind of funny. I was laughing because I'm like, wow, even Brayton is 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 saying this is right. a bad idea, and he's the nicest guy ever. So, <laughs> I be... didn't even look at the track map. So yeah. there's a sand section this weekend. Yeah, there's a 180 sand. So, hey. really dumb. Um, well, hey, uh, people use the code PulpMX30 at FXRRacing.com. Get the same gear that the cat wears uh, every weekend. You can do that. Uh, Pulp19 code at Racetech.com. Ben LeMay. Michael Lessi, uh, Tyler Medaglia, just some of the guys using Race Tech each and every week. Thanks to the Mirror, uh, New Mirror Technologies, Pistons with an Attitude, and thanks to Maxis, of course, MXST tires out. The Cat also using those as well. Um, AJ, anything else? Anybody you want to thank? Uh, anything else? Uh, I'll give a quick shout out to, sure. speaking of Race Tech, Jason SGB Racing. He uses Race Tech components, but he does all my suspension. Dude is freaking unreal awesome. he's like the one person out there where i have to tell him to take a nap because he just <laughs> he works too hard he does too much for me mm-hmm. um also I, if i can i want to give a shout out to uh my mechanic aj whitrock and dan at royal power sports those guys put about 24 hours straight into my bike after the whole san diego lime incident just to try to get the thing yeah. rideable so yeah. big shout out to those guys cool awesome uh, but, uh yeah other than that okay. I, I appreciate you having me no problem. Thank you for the time. Continued uh, good luck this year for the rest of Supercross. And, uh, yeah, maybe after Vegas, if you're going to hang out again like you did, stop by. We'll do a wrap-up podcast on the season or something, something like that. So I would love to. I would um, love to. All right, AJ. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it.